0: Hello City First Church, my name is Pastor Paige and we are so excited that everyone is joining us today. Welcome to both those that are joining us in person and online. And whether you have been coming to church for a long time or maybe it's your first time, we wanna let you know that you are in the right place. If it is your first time, thanks so much for joining us. I wanna invite you to scan the QR code or stop by our Next Steps booth. If you're at a physical location, we have a gift for you and we just wanna say welcome and connect you to all things City First Church and it's our way of saying thanks so much for coming. Well, today is an exciting day because it is Water Baptism Sunday and I have a few individuals with me today that are getting water baptized and we are so excited. Let's go ahead and celebrate them real quick. We're so excited. You know, today alone we have over 100 people across all locations taking a next step in their faith to be water baptized. They have made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of their life, and now they're taking an opportunity to publicly declare that they are following Jesus, that their old life is gone and they now have a new life in Christ. And we're so proud of everybody and excited to celebrate them. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to get on your feet. I want us to cheer, clap, and shout on the count of three as we practice together as people get baptized. Ready? One, two, three, get loud, get excited, cheer, and clap. That's right, church. Go ahead and let's celebrate and worship together.
1: Come on, church, we're celebrating today. Let's sing. This holy desire is burning and it just gets brighter. Can't put out this fire. I just gotta lift you higher. If there's ever been a time, the time is now, right now. If there's ever been a name sing out loud, out loud, yeah. Jesus, you deserve. But every time, when time is down, right now, if there's ever been a name to sing aloud, out, out loud, oh, Jesus, you deserve it. You are worth it. You deserve it all. You it. storm inside what heaven sounds like we praise you we praise you all creation cry God we praise you
2: Changes lives, and because of that, we can put our trust in Him today. So let's go ahead, tune our focus to Him, and let's worship together.
1: Is it
3: Lord, today we're
1: so grateful that we can have confidence in who you are. Your goodness, your faithfulness, your love, your mercy. God, we are so thankful. We put our trust in you today. We love you. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, let's thank God for who he is. That's right. Well, thanks so much for singing with us and celebrating with us. You can go ahead and have a seat. Tell the person next to you, you're looking great today. If you're with us online, welcome to church. It's going to be a great day together.
2: Well, yeah, continuing from that, you know it's going to be amazing. God is good and He is kind and He is moving in our church, and we are so, so grateful. Um, and so, this is the part of the service where each and every time that we gather, we receive a free will offer, offering and we give people an opportunity to give back to God. You're giving to City First Church, by bringing God his tithes and then giving in our offer, giving our offerings. And so to participate in the giving today, you're going to see that there's different ways that are listed on the screen that you can give. Um, and if you are in the room and you have a physical gift that you'd like to give, uh, you're going to see there's offering boxes on the way out the door. You can drop off your gift that way after service is dismissed. Um, but as we give you a few moments to prepare your gifts, so, um, online, like we said, there's different ways that you can give. But as you take a few moments to do that, I just want to highlight something in light of what we just saw. You know, over um, these three services here just at Spring Creek, there was over 100 people today who gave, yeah, who made that decision to be water baptized Which simply means this, it's an outward confession of an inward decision to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of their life. And that church is huge. That there are people, God is working in their life. Jesus is changing people and we get to be a part of that. And with that in mind, I think there's two reasons why we give. I think the first one is to say thank you, God. Thank you. Out of a grateful heart, we give back to you for what you are doing in this place because each person that was baptized, that's a story, that's a life, that's a family, that is generations changed in the name of Jesus and we get to be a part of that. So we give and we say, thank you, God, for what you are up to. But then we also continue to give for the second reason is this, is so we say, God, keep doing it. Keep on, keep bringing the life change. Keep doing a work in people's hearts and lives. Because we want to be a part of it. So as you give today, church, I just want to remind you that when you give, you are a part of every ounce of life change that we just celebrated. And we're a part of the future life change that is going to happen, what Jesus is doing in people's lives. So thank you for your giving. Thank you for your generosity. And I can't wait to see what God continues to write through this church with your help. Let me pray and bless our gifts. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you are doing. We are so grateful That we get to be a part of what you are doing when we give in these next few moments. That we get to partner with the living God um, to see you work in people's lives. And so we pray today you'd bless each gift and each giver. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Let's go ahead and watch this and check out what's happening at City First Church. Here at City First Church, we love
4: God, love people, and love life. We want to welcome everyone joining us online, our City First Anywhere location, all the guys at God Behind Bars, and everyone in a seat at our Cape Coral and Spring Creek locations. Now, let's check out what's coming up this month. Growth Track starts the first Sunday of every month and is designed for you to discover your God-given purpose and the life you are created to live. Join us in person or online. Join us for Christmas Hope. Each year, we partner with our local elementary school to provide toys to kids in need for many of these students this is the only Christmas present they will receive if you'd like to be a part of Christmas hope visit cityfirst.church forward Christmas hope for more information city first leadership college is hosting preview days November 29th and 30th if you're a junior senior or recently graduated we're saving a spot for you this free event provides a snapshot of CfLC student life core values hands-on experience and our partnership with southeastern University register today at CityFirstLeadershipCollege.com November 30th Original Women's Ministry is hosting a wreath-making party All proceeds go to Christmas Hope helping to provide gifts for kids in need Cost is $85 and includes supplies instruction and Christmas treats Register at OriginalConference.com Mark your calendars for our end of the year legacy offering happening December 3rd and 10th. This special once a year offering accelerates our vision for life change and has an internal impact. Please be in prayer about what God would have you give. For more information or to sign up for these events, please visit cityfirst.church forward slash events. Stay updated by following us on social media or visiting the City First app. Lastly, due to the broadcasting of this message, if you have a small child in service, please utilize the family room or mother's room designed for you to enjoy service with your child. Thanks so much for joining us today. Now let's get ready to take notes as we hear a message from Pastor Jeremy DeWart.
5: All right. Well, hello, City First Church. How are we all doing today? You happy to be in church? I'm excited that you are here. And you know what, it is Thanksgiving week, and I just want you to know that Jen and I are very thankful for you. We're very thankful for this church. We're thankful that you are here today and that you're here every week and that you are heart and soul. And uh, I'm just very, very grateful for you guys. And uh, we did something special this week as the Dewert family. This week we put up our Christmas decorations in the house, all right, getting ready for Christmas. And uh, you know, Paxton was at school, And when he came home after school and the Christmas tree was up and all the lights were up, he literally walked into the house and he said this. He goes, Christmas is here. Literally, Christmas is here. And then every time we walked into the living room, he was standing there and he would go, Daddy, Mom. Christmas is here, and he'd point at the Christmas tree, and he was so excited about. It. I think literally it is his favorite time of the year, and uh, and I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, Christmas is only thirty six days away. All right, so prepare your hearts and your credit cards. All right, thirty six days away. You ever wonder why we give gifts at Christmas? You ever wonder why we give gifts at Christmas? No other holiday is like this. In fact, we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. You don't give gifts at Thanksgiving. Fourth of July, you don't give gifts. All of these different types of holidays, you don't give gifts. Now, you give gifts at at, at birthday parties or maybe for anniversaries or maybe, you know, sometimes people give a gift maybe for Valentine's Day. But Christmas is really the only holiday where you purposely and intentionally give gifts to a lot of people. Does that make sense? So, why do we do this at Christmas? Well, you could actually study history, go back to 336 AD, where there was a council and a group of individuals that believed that they needed to choose December 25th as the day that we recognize Jesus' birth. Now, I will tell you this, if you really look at history, most likely he was not born exactly on the 25th day of December. We don't really know the day exactly he was born. But in 336, they said, we need to choose a holiday. We need to choose an annual time a day that we recognize this amazing, amazing event in human history that literally changed the world. So they chose December 25th. And they decided to start giving gifts based upon the Magi, the the wise men. You know how they brought gifts to Jesus? So at that point, kind of gift giving became a part of Christmas. But then in the 4th century, There was a bishop, a bishop by the name of Saint Nicholas. And Saint Nicholas, we read, was a person of generosity. He just liked giving gifts. And so, pretty soon, Christmas, the Magi, Saint Nicholas, it all came together. And pretty soon, we started giving gifts at Christmas. Now, we're not 100% sure how this tradition began. But one thing that cannot be disputed is the idea of gift-giving makes sense at Christmas, at Christ's birth, celebrating Christ's birth. It's highly appropriate. It is theologically correct, you could say. It's at the heart of Christmas. And here's the reason why. Because Jesus wasn't just born. He was given to us. It was the greatest gift in human history, in all of mankind, and even to this day. It isn't just that Jesus was born he was a gift. John 3:16. For God so loved the world, he what? Gave. Even if you don't go to church, you probably will watch football and you saw the dude in the end zone with John 3:16. You probably heard of this verse before, right? Christmas is all about God giving to us the best gift. And today launches actually a mini series on generosity. It's our legacy season. And we are going to talk about how to be generous as individuals and how to be able to give. And, you know, we always say during the legacy season that we are to to encourage each other to give our first and best gift of the Christmas season back to God through legacy, through the legacy offerings. And I'll explain a little bit more about that. But for today's message, I really want to focus on how do we live the spirit of Christmas. Now, don't get me wrong, we shouldn't be generous just around Thanksgiving or Christmas. We should be, as Christ followers, generous 365. Can I get an amen on that, right? This should be a signature of our faith, that we are generous people, that we live with generosity. Now, I can read some of your minds. I can read some of your minds right now. You're thinking to yourself, ugh, why did I come on a day that we're talking about giving, right? Uh, How do I know this? Because I know the human heart. Don't turn off the feed if you're watching right now in your living room. Here's the reason why. I know the human heart. I know my heart. And if I were to be completely honest with you, I would tell you that when I was younger and in my upbringing and even in my young adult years, I was not a very generous person. In fact, I have had to learn generosity throughout the decades. I have had to stretch, I've had to learn, I've had to wrestle with it, especially after I came to faith in Jesus, that's when the work of generosity started inside of me. That God's spirit began to work inside of me throughout the years about becoming more and more generous. And by God's grace, I stand here today, uh, 30 years plus later, And I will tell you that I'm a lot more generous, I'm talking a lot, lot more generous than what I was 30 years ago. In fact, uh, I would attribute that to God, God working in my heart and working in my life. If we were to take a poll in here or right now where you're watching in your living room or wherever you're at, um, if we were to take a poll, I believe the majority of us would say that we want to be generous people. I think we'd say, yeah, I want to be generous. I, I, I want to be a giver, not a taker. Um, I want to be a person who helps and doesn't just hoard. Um, I want to make a difference and not be indifferent. I, I don't want to be selfish. I'd rather be selfless. I think most of us would say, that's me. I want to I be a person of generosity. So why do I teach on the subject? Why are we having this mini-series? Well, let me ask you a question back to that. Did someone have to teach you to be selfish? (laughs) No, you didn't have to be taught to be selfish. In fact, when you were born, you came out of your mom's womb. Guess what? You came out of the womb selfish. You didn't care if mama was trying to sleep or not. You cried when you weren't happy. As you grew up, and, and you became a, a, a kid, guess what? No one had to teach you to be selfish. You had that, like, locked down. You, you knew what you were doing, right? Me too. We came out of the womb pretty selfish. No one, no one had to teach you the word mine. Mine. Little Paxton, our little guy, I talked about him earlier, he's 12 years old, and he has Down syndrome, and so he has a very childlike personality, and... And you know what? Every day he comes home from school, and he wants a snack. Usually it's popcorn or goldfish. And so we'll give him a little bowl of popcorn or goldfish or whatever else, and, and he'll sit down on the couch, and he'll eat his goldfish. And uh, I every once in a while will go up to him, and I'll try to take one of his goldfish. And you know what he does? He does this. You know? Takes the bowl and does this. Like, like, like who taught him that? I know his mom, probably, right? But... Uh, <laughs> actually quite the opposite. What's so funny is I talked about my 30-year journey of, of becoming more generous. Um, I learned a lot more about generosity. God taught me a lot more about generosity through Jen. Jen is always like, she's like, she'll give away everything. She'll be like, here, you need it, you need it, you need it. And sometimes I'm like, whoa, 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 right? God has used her to teach me a lot about how to be generous. But even as a kid, all of us, had selfishness you don't need to be taught to be selfish we need to unlearn selfishness that's why i'm teaching on it because even in a a a season like thanksgiving and christmas where we all lean more into the idea of like oh we should be generous and we're gift giving i will say this all of us even jen Dewert, who is like an angel when it comes to generosity Even all of us will have to continually stretch a little bit more and a little bit more to unlearn selfishness. Does that make sense? Because all of us are generous to a point. But how about if God wants you to move past that invisible line and become more generous, what does your heart do at that moment, right? You know, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, who wrote a lot in the New Testament, He wrote letters originally. These were letters to churches in the Middle East and in the Mediterranean region and uh, we now call them books of the Bible, but originally they were letters. So the New Testament, a lot of these were letters to different churches all around, and he writes a letter to the church in Corinth. Now Corinth is a very prosperous city. Corinth is actually a Roman and a Greek city. The Romans leveled it at like 160 BC. They literally leveled the city and then they rebuilt it, so this is a new city. It's like state-of-the-art. It has all kinds of like, you know, libraries, and it has like business and commerce taking place there, It's an affluent Roman Greek city in the southern part of Greece. In fact, it actually became the capital of the southern part of Greece. So Paul is writing this church, a group of Jewish people and Gentiles. Gentiles is kind of a biblical term, which means non-Jew. All of these people are coming together as Christ followers, and they're in this little church, and he's writing them. And what would take place is when Paul would write a letter, that letter would be read like a sermon to the church. And in 2 Corinthians, specifically chapter 8 and chapter 9, he talks about generosity. And he's asking this church of Corinth to basically give in a legacy offering. That's what he's doing. He's basically saying, hey, we're going to take up a legacy offering. And here's what it is for. It is for the people in Judea. Now, I'm talking a lot of geography here, but track with me. Judea is actually the region around Jerusalem in what we now call the Holy Land, in Israel. And now Corinth is nowhere near the Holy Land. It's it's actually a little ways away from there. But what Paul is saying is, is we want to take an offering, like a legacy offering for the people in Judea and in Jerusalem because there's been a terrible famine and people are actually starving. They don't have food. So Paul is saying, Church of Corinth... I want you to help your brothers and sisters in Jerusalem and those people that are in Judea in this time of difficulty and suffering. Will you do this? Now again, Paul keeps on during these two chapters, chapter eight and chapter nine of 2 Corinthians, he keeps on saying different things, talking about this. There's the overarching theme. Put your heart into it would be a modern day way of saying it. He's, He's basically saying Corinth, Put your heart into it. I want you to be generous, not just from your wallet, I want you to be generous from your hearts, is what he's getting at. And he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 7 and 8. He says, But since you excel in everything, Corinth, like in faith, you guys are rocking it in faith. Guess what? In speech, you're articulate, you actually, you're educated. For the, the known world at that time, you are educated, you're smart, you, you have knowledge, you're, you're earnest, you're you're complete in earnestness. In other words, you're passionate, and also in love that we've kindled in you. Paul's saying, we've taught you how to love with a Christ-like love. See that you also, listen to this, excel, in other words, advance, in other words, grow, In what? In this, what are those three words? Grace of giving. So what he's saying here is he's like, man, you are killing it in all of these other areas of your walk with God, but I'm gonna also encourage you to excel in the grace of giving. Then he goes on, he goes, I'm not commanding you to do this, I'm not commanding you to give, but I want to test the sincerity of your love. You know what he's connecting there? that he's saying this, love and giving always walk hand in hand. I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. In other words, he's going, you love but now you also have to give. This is one of the biggest beefs I have with social media and our culture right now today. Everybody talks about love, 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 love. Oh, we need to love these people, but here's the thing. I see that when it's all said and done, more is usually said than done when it comes to giving. People can love with a, with a post on Instagram, but I wanna know how much do they give because there's a difference. Does that make sense? And Paul is not commanding the church of Corinth to to give, but he's saying this, I want you to have an opportunity. I'm not commanding you to give, but here's an opportunity. This is important for us to see, because even at City First, our language around here is very, very important. When someone gets up here, like Jen just did here at the Spring Creek location, when someone gets up and receives an offering, we use this terminology, a free will offering. This is not a do this is not like we stand at the door with an offering bucket and we, like, don't let you out until you give. That's not how we work here at City First. We use terms, free will offering. In other words, we're not commanding anything. We're giving you an opportunity. Does that make sense? And we're saying, you know, we're not asking you to do this like like in a sense where we're saying you have to do it we're giving you an opportunity to ask God what is it that you should give why well here's the thing because we understand like Paul it's a matter of the heart this is not a matter of obligation it's a matter of the heart it can't be forced you must be willing you have to put in your heart into it. And Paul says this, even though he's saying, I'm giving you an opportunity, he's also saying this, I really hope that you excel though, you excel in the grace of giving. I'm giving you an opportunity, but I'm gonna say, I hope you excel in this grace of giving. So even though generosity is not commanded and demanded, it is important that we stretch. That's really what he's getting at. And here's the problem, the problem is this, where is the line between selfishness and generosity where's that line social scientists will say um, there is no external behavioral reference point when it comes to things like generosity what is an external behavioral reference point well there's no external meaning outside there is no reference point, meaning there's kind of a clear line of delineation between what is selfish and what is generous. Because here's the thing, you cannot tell from the outside if a person is being generous or not. You can't do it. Like, like we can't put a dollar amount on it. I know some churches have done this, and can I tell you, I just think it's, it's wrong. But, but, you know, some churches say, well, this is the dollar amount you should give. I, that's not right. That's not scriptural. Because we can't say, here's the line and if you give below that amount, well, then you're, you're selfish. And if you give above that amount, you're generous. There is no line. Now, other biblical commands, there are lines. Like, like there's an, a line for adultery. You can't say, ask somebody, did you commit, commit adultery? And they're like, I don't know if I committed adultery. No, there was a line. Does that make sense? There's an external reference point. Lying, same thing with lying. Did you? There, there is no such thing as a white lie. There's either truth or lying. You see what I'm saying? Now, I realize there are some things in the Bible that there's some gray area maybe. But here's the thing. When it comes to generosity, there is no external behavioral reference point. So how do we know if we're being greedy or we're being generous? How do we know? Well... In God's eyes, greed or generosity is almost always a matter of the heart. It isn't external, it's internal. It's on the inside where no one else can see except you and Jesus. It comes down to your motivations. It comes down to your mindset, the emotions you have towards it. You see, there's no external line. It's an internal line, and it's one that no one could ever call you out on. Only the Holy Spirit can do it. You know, it's interesting. Now, I realize some of you in the old would say, well, the Old Testament does draw a line. Um, the Old Testament says that we are to tithe. And, and a tithe, for those of you that maybe have heard that term in church, it means 10%. Tithe means 10%. So God had commanded his people to give 10% of their income or their crops or whatever back to God. So 10% would go back. But, but today, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about generosity. Because giving a tithe is not generosity. Giving a tithe is obedience. Does that make sense? So today, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about generosity. Generosity. I'm talking about what you do as a choice, a free will choice of yours. Like, have you ever had somebody maybe at work or maybe a family member or whatever come up to you and say, hey, let's do this. Let's go in together on a present for somebody else. Like, they're like, hey, listen, um, let's, let's, let's buy Sally a present. Let's you and I buy Sally a present. I was thinking maybe we both chip in 100 bucks. And you think to yourself, I don't know if I like Sally that much. I mean, right? You're thinking Sally's more like a twenty dollar. <laughs> Sally ain't a hundred. See, in your heart, you have a line, and no one on the outside knows it. But in your heart, you're kind of like mm, hundred bucks. Mm, I don't. I don't think so. You see, your heart is not in it to give Sally a hundred bucks. See, it's inside. And in the New Testament, Jesus is talking uh, to the religious leaders of the day. And these are called Pharisees, by the way. These were people that didn't like Jesus, um, and they were always trying to trap him, and they thought Jesus was a heretic. And this is what it says in Luke chapter 11, verse 42. Jesus is talking to them and says, What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, <laughs> for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe. By the way, just a point there. Some people are like, oh, tithe is just Old Testament. Well, here Jesus is saying you should tithe. Okay, this is New Testament. Yes, but do not neglect the more important things. What are the more important things that Jesus is talking about? He's talking about what is important is where your heart is. On these issues, where is your heart? This isn't just like, tick the box I gave, no, no, where's your heart? Jesus is challenging them to not just you know do what is required of them, but rather to put their heart into it. They were just doing enough to meet the requirements, but not enough to be generous. There is a difference. They were just ticking the box, you could say. And Jesus is saying, really, it's, it's possible to give, but still not put your heart into it. So only Jesus and Jeremy DeWert know if Jeremy DeWert is stretching across that internal line of generosity. Only Jesus and Jeremy know. You don't know it. Even, Even to a degree, Jen doesn't know it. I'm the only one that knows if there is this line of demarcation in my heart where on this side of the line... I'm being a little stingy. And if I cross it, I'm being generous and I'm stretching. Only Jesus and Jeremy know it. In fact, the late Dr. Timothy Keller said it this way, if your heart is generous, the amount takes care of itself. (laughs) And only I know. Aren't you glad you came today? (laughs) Some of you are like going, well, you kind of went back to that statement about like, why did I come today? Uh, Well, you know, because we know the human heart, right? So let's go back to Paul's writing to, to Corinth. And again, this very prosperous city, um, this, uh, this city that, that uh, has more rather than less, um, kind of like America has more rather than less. And in 2 Corinthians chapter five verses, one, uh, or chapter eight, one through five, it says this, "Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. So here's what Paul's talking now. He's, he's given this plea to the church of Corinth about the people in Jerusalem and Judea that are literally starving. And he gives an example about another church in Macedonia. And he goes, let me tell you what they've done. All right, let me tell you what they've done, Corinth. Corinth. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. What does that mean? It means that the Macedonian church, they were struggling too. They maybe didn't have a famine, but maybe they had something else going on. They were under-resourced, whatever it was. And he goes, listen, this Macedonian church, they were rich in generosity, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us. So actually the Macedonian church was saying, please give us the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people of helping those that are Caught in this famine. They, they were pleading with the apostles. Can we please give? And they exceeded our expectation. They gave themselves. See, this is huge. It was more than their wallet. It was more than their checkbook. More than their PayPal. It was more than that. They gave of themselves, first of all, to the Lord. And then it says by the will of God also to us. So here's what Paul's saying. This Macedonian church, they didn't just tick the box like the Pharisees. Instead, what they did, they put their heart into it. They were like, I can't wait to help these people in Judea and in, in, like in Jerusalem that are right now encountering this famine. I can do something. They were so excited about it. This tells us The generosity is not dependent on your level of comfort or resource. The generosity is dependent on your heart. In fact, many times generosity actually makes you feel uncomfortable. And I could say that um, firsthand. Because always when it comes to the legacy offering at the end of the year, Jen's like, how much do you want to give? And I have a number. And her number is always bigger. And guess what? We go with her number. You know what that does inside of my heart? It makes me step across that line of demarcation that only Jesus and I know. And it makes me go over here and it stretches a little bit. Honestly, as Christ followers, our generosity is going to even seem irrational to culture. Irrational to culture. You're going to be like, why? why do you give so much? I, I had a business leader um, in the community here in Rockford about 15 years ago look at me and say, you really like give that much? Why do you do that? Like, like it just doesn't make sense, right? Well, here's the thing. The way that Jesus lived didn't make sense. The very fact that God gave his only begotten son doesn't make sense. And we are to mirror the generosity of our God. So how can we find joy in generosity? Because I know what some of you are thinking. You're going, well, I'll give, I guess. Well, no, 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 don't do it that. Because your heart's not in it. Does that make sense? How do we find joy in it? How do we find joy? Well, two things as we begin to wrap up today. The first thing is this. you got to get a vision for what God can do with your generosity. You have to have a vision. Like, like as we give, as we are generous, as we're trying to help those that are under-resourced, as we're trying to help those that need God's help and blessing, I try to have a vision for what my giving is going to do. In fact, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, and also 9 and 10, it says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. We live in the Midwest here. You might be watching from Cape Coral or God Behind Bars or somewhere else in the world. But in the Midwest, where I'm broadcasting right now, we know a lot about corn, okay? And if you, if, if you plant a few corn seeds, you're going to get a few corn stalks. You're not going to get a lot. But if you plant more, you're going to get more. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart. See, again, it goes back to the heart. It's not, about, it's not about the amount. It's the heart. It's the heart. Go back to the heart how much you should give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. If there's anybody, anybody who's like, you need to give right now. If there's that kind of a tone, walk away. Okay, Because here's the thing, this cannot be a pressured thing, according to what Paul says, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. In other words, put your heart into it. As the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. And it goes, for God is the one who provides seed to the farmer. In other words, he's going, even what you give is already his. You understand that? Everything you have is his. Everything's God's. So even the little that you give, whatever it is, the the percentage that you give, it's already his. And then bread to eat. In the same way you provide and increase your resources. And then, this is important. What does God do when we give? He produces a great harvest of generosity in you. So isn't it wild that as we give, what is the byproduct? a harvest of generosity in our hearts. Something happens in our hearts. Something happens in our hearts. You see, when you begin to understand what God can do through your generosity, you get, to get, you get excited. In fact, even sometimes you're like, I wanna, I wanna give more seed rather than less seed because I wanna see a bigger harvest of God's work in this world. You know, we have an end of year legacy report that's coming out in two weeks and it will land on December 3rd. And it's a booklet that y'all are going to get, and it's going to spell out where um, where your generosity went this year. It's kind of like an end of year report, but it's more than an end of year report. It's like a celebration. And and what we're going to do is we're going to show you all that God did. And, and I'm telling you what what God did through the generosity of this church is nothing short of astounding. Okay, and it is Him. It is Him. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna steal the thunder too much. I just want to give you a sneak peek in the window. I wanna give you a sneak peek of, of just a little bit, scraping the surface of of, of the report and what, what God has done. In 2023 alone, City First Church services were viewed by 755,435 inmates in 438 correctional centers around the nation. I mean, those are people that are currently incarcerated In 438 correctional centers around the nation, 755,000-plus inmates viewed a city-first church service. Wow. You know, how about this? How about this? Last Thanksgiving, you provided 11,000 Thanksgiving meals in our communities. 11,000. Last year, we provided 2,500 Christmas presents to kids who many of them would not have Christmas without that Christmas present. And in Thailand alone, not the other countries we work in, but in Thailand alone, we were able to help rescue 70 children out of human trafficking. Isn't that amazing? Now, I'm going to stop there. (laughs) There's so much more. You want to come back, trust me because we're going to talk about all that God has done. And we're going to say, come on, we want to see what God is going to do now in 2024. But we're going to stop there. We're going to stop there. I want you to pause a minute. How did you feel? How did you feel hearing that data? How did you feel? Does that make sense? When you think about your heart for a moment, did that excite you? Did that make you go, gosh, I'm a part of a a great thing here, and I, I want to see God do more. 70, how about next year 100 kids? See, wasn't there something inside of you that stirred? Because every one of those numbers, 755,000 inmates, that's not a number, each of those are a soul. That's an eternity, that's a story. See what I mean, Like, like listen, what are you feeling right now? See, that's what God does. He produces a harvest of generosity inside of us. So we gotta get a vision. When we give, we gotta get a vision for what God can do. As, as Jen and I give, as we give, we're like, God, in 2024, I'm believing for a million, a million inmates. I'm believing for not, not 70 kids in Thailand, I'm believing for 100, God, I'm believing for more than 11,000 Thanksgiving meals. See, you get a vision for your gift. And then lastly, what also? How do you get joy? Well, you get joy by you get a vision for what Jesus has done for you. Because if you think about it, in 2 Corinthians, you're Paul talking again to the Corinth church, and he's saying, hey, listen, for you know. Like, I I highlighted the word know there. So he's going, you know this. You know the grace, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, in other words, he was God, and yet for your sake he became poor, which means that he came to earth and took on the form of a human so that you by his poverty might actually become rich. Now, Americans don't think rich like, oh, you know, got the Benjamins, all right? That's not what, yes, we have financial blessing, but how did Jesus make us rich? We're rich in grace, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. You have grace. You're rich in forgiveness. All your sin is forgiven. You're rich in purpose. God said, I'm gonna put you on mission while you're here. You have purpose. You're rich in peace that passes All understanding as we go through trials and tribulations and struggles, guess what? God gives us peace. We're rich in peace. Rich in his promises that we can stand on. We can stand on the promises of God and say, God, I believe that you're going to change my present and give me a better future according to your promise. We're rich. You see, when we have a vision for what Jesus has done, then generosity is just a natural response, right? So, I'm going to ask that you get a vision this Thanksgiving and Christmas season. That you pray. And on December 3rd and on December 10th, we do it two weeks, by the way, because of people's pay period. And you can give any of those weekends, December 3rd or December 10th, whichever one you want to give. We give to a legacy offering. And what that legacy offering does is it funds our missions and compassion and expansion ministries throughout the next 365 days. So when we give... That money goes to help rescue kids, it helps to expand our ministries, it helps to fund missionaries, it helps to do, um, you know, all kinds of things. give scholarships to the leadership college, it helps us to train up ministers. it helps us to be able to work with homeless individuals. It helps everything. So be praying and get a vision for it and say, "God, what is it that you want me to do?" It's not equal giving. It's not equal giving. It's putting our hearts into it. Does that make sense? And I don't, I'm not going to pressure you to, to give. In fact, sometimes people do this. When I announce, hey, December 3rd, we're going to you know, have a legacy offering, that's the one they're like, well, I'm not going to church today. Okay, don't do that, okay? I'm not going to pressure you to give, okay? We're not going to arm twist you. We're not going to make you feel weird if you don't give, okay? I'm just giving an opportunity here an opportunity to give back to God, to have him put a harvest of generosity inside of our heart and also to impact hundreds of thousands of people. And here's my encouragement. Like Paul, I want you to excel in your grace of giving. Stretch a little bit. Maybe, maybe, when people see Christians coming, kind of like packs about Christmas, when they see City First coming into the neighborhood, when they hear that City First is helping the mission's effort over on the other side of the world, when, when they hear that City First is doing food distribution, may they say the Christians are here. Remember how Pac said Christmas is here? Maybe. In a culture that sometimes doesn't like Christians because how some people have wore the name of Jesus. (laughs) May our love and our generosity be our loudest calling card. May they say, the Christians are here. Thank God, I was in a famine a famine of hope, a famine of finances, a famine of despair and depression. I was in a famine, but you know what City First did? City First came in the name of Jesus to the rescue. And they didn't just hoard their hope. They had hope for all. They said, we're going to give hope. The hope we've received from Jesus, we're now going to give to you in the name of Jesus. And may they say, the Christians are here. I hope that that is the tone of our church, and I believe it is. So... As we talk about generosity, which is always a touchy subject, um, it's touchy because we have to unlearn some things. I just ask that you would pray here in the next couple weeks and, and, and say, God, what is it that you would want us to do as a family or me to do as an individual or me to do as a young adult or even a, is a child? What is it that I should do? God, I want to put my heart into it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you are going to do, and thank you that you're building more and more a heart of generosity in our church. And God, even for those of us like myself that have been around for decades, may we grow in our grace. May we excel in our grace of giving this season. Why? Because we have a vision for what you're going to do with our generosity. And secondly, we have a vision for what you've already done through your son. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Can we have God a huge round of applause? Can we do that?
6: Wow, what an amazing message of generosity. We are so grateful for what we get to be part of as we trust God with our finances. And you know what? If you're sitting there and you're saying, you know what, I, I'm i so grateful for that message and it opened my eyes. But first, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. I wanna take that next step in the journey. It's so simple and all it is is a heart decision, like what Jair's talking about. You put your heart into it and you pray this prayer alongside me right now. So go ahead, bow your heads, close your eyes and pray this right now if you want to make the decision to make Jesus the leader and forgiver of your life. Dear Lord, I know that I've made mistakes and I'm in need of forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins. I now invite you to be the leader and forgiver of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you made that decision, we believe it's the best decision that you could make. And we're so excited to go along the journey with you. And you may be saying, okay, what's next? What do I do? I just said this prayer. I want to make Jesus the leader and forgiver of my life. What do I do now? Well, first of all, we want you to tell someone and celebrate the decision that you made. It makes it real. um, And so make sure to tell somebody. And then also let us know, drop a line in the chat if you're watching online. And then also go to our website or our app and get the New Beginning resource it gives you what's next in this journey of faith it's amazing and then also if you stop by a physical location you can pick up a physical copy as well and then we have something called growth track which is simply a a class that you can do online at your own pace but it gives you kind of what's next in the journey of faith as well as getting you connected to city first and jumping in with serving and what's happening around here and so to tell us a little bit more about what's happening around here I'm gonna invite Keith back in in just a second but after growth track um, we want to make sure that you guys are are connected and so what's happening after growth track what do they need to know keith
3: well uh if you haven't connected in growth track please please please, do that take a yes. second and do that but also we would love to get connected to, with you at city first yes. anywhere our city first anywhere yes. locations How literally do do all around the world so world. do
6: they go on the app they go on, um, the, go website? on the app uh, yep. if you
3: literally haven't downloaded the city first <laughs> church app go ahead and do that it is a great resource yes. that is literally in your back pocket. In your back Pull pocket. Out your phone, yeah. Download it. It's on every app store. On Adrian and then
6: Yeah. You just tap. I want to be part of the city first anywhere location. Yep. And then also, Jared talked all about generosity today and putting our heart into it. But we are so excited about an opportunity that we get to do, and that's we get to do something called Christmas Hope, where we get to provide st- presents for students in need. And across the Rockford and Cape Coral locations, we want to provide over two thousand uh, presents for students in need at the local schools and we'll deliver it and it's amazing and you know what's so cool it's some it's for a lot of the kids it's the only present that they will receive this year and so if you want to be part of that you can go to our website you can jump in you can give online it's super simple but we get to be part of making Christmas so so special for some really deserving kids. Yeah.
3: It's a, going to be an incredible week, and we are so excited for the holiday season yeah. in general. So please, if you want to get involved with that, if you want to get more plugged in at Safer's Anywhere or yeah. Safer's Church, um, please download our app, yep. get involved in Christmas Hope, yeah. get involved in Giving, and being a part of what Safer's Church is doing this holiday season. Yeah,
6: and then we hope you guys have an amazing Thanksgiving. We're praying for yes. you. We want you to come back next week. Be with us at church. Bring somebody with you. Invite somebody. Send a link. But join us wherever you're at throughout the week, on the weekends. We love you so much, City First and we'll see you back here next week.
3: Bye guys.